comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Episode 330. The move of the Rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Tonight's episode, Kaiju Feel It? So the whole time, all I could imagine was the scientist denying that he pooped in the bed. <clears throat> For anyone who's watched uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, maybe they'll get that. <clears throat> Concerning Pacific Rim. I've, I do. I, did they ever solve who pooped in the bed? Yeah. Yes. Is that a sunny thing? Yeah, it's okay. a sunny thing. I almost uh, I, I looked at that uh, as I was trying to figure out what to uh, what to show you this afternoon. You know and, what's uh, funny is I decided not to go with that one. The where I know that guy from uh-huh. is not sunny in Philadelphia. It's from the uh, one version of the Main Justice Main Justice sketch on Saturday Night Live. Where <laughs> Charlie Day, the actor. Yeah, Charlie Day. Day. Main Justice is about all the people who lived in Louisiana. Okay, who got. Uh, they relocated to Maine after Hurricane Katrina. Okay. And they all speak like they're from southern <laughs> Louisiana. It's really funny. And the people are like this is the people on trial or whatever like are are uh, like is this real and Jason Sudeikis, he's the judge and he's from Nolens and it's just really funny. But anyway, Charlie Day had a cameo on one of those episodes. So that's where I know him from. That's tremendous. And of course, the movie that you mentioned Bad. Horrible bosses. Horrible, Horrible bosses. bosses, yeah. Which apparently he only <laughs> has one character he plays, but it's a it's a great character. He reminds me a little bit of Bobcat Goldthwait when he gets going. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. Well, and his, uh, his, his character arc on It's Always Sunny is uh, quite amusing, <clears throat> too, because he starts out being just one of the guys and kind of in the, in the way that, you know, characters will become more archetypical over the course of a multi-year run on a sitcom or, or even a, a drama, whatever. Um, the, the characters, they're, you know, they either homogenize or their, their idiosyncrasies sharpen and become more pronounced. And Charlie, uh, he basically is almost borderline, uh, retarded, um, by the time you get into the, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh seasons. He, he is, he is amazingly illiterate that he has gone through <laughs> life as far as he had without being able to read or write. <laughs> And his <laughs> some of his letters that he has to leave for the gang is so funny. Well, see, and I don't think he he wasn't Me, like you that. Nighttime, good, good, yes, bye. Yeah, see, I swear he wasn't like that in the first season or the first couple seasons. I, I think that's again, that was part of his character arc was let's make him 
um, more more childlike and innocent. Yeah. Welcome to episode three thirty of Half Hour Wasted. <clears throat> this just in. I hope you all enjoyed it. Oh. The black cases that Container Store yes. sold. Yes. They don't sell them anymore. Oh no. Oh. <clears throat> they can't help me find the manufacturer. Oh. They said when we ordered these things, it was described as a prototype case. Oh, you're like, kidding me. <clears throat> meaning, meaning that companies can use them for when they go to when they want to demonstrate new things, mm-hmm. new prototypes of things that okay. they're one to sell or manufacture, yeah. they put them in these cases to protect them with foam and all them. That's where they put their prototypes in. Okay. So this, it's called a prototype <clears throat> case. Yeah, ish. It's not, it wasn't a prototype case. It wasn't like a right. trial run for a case. It was what companies can put prototypes of their products in. Like it was like you have a bread basket. That you yes, put yes. bread in? Right, yes, yes. This is a prototype case that you put prototypes of things in. Wow, you just blew my mind. <laughs> she also said they're very similar to gun cases, and perhaps I could find them at Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's or hmm. something like that. So I'm still on the lookout. Interesting. We did have one person who wanted to participate. Great. Uh, actually, he didn't. He said, I really don't want to participate. I just wanted to show that I could uh, follow instructions. <laughs> okay. So he sent us a, okay. he sent us a email with the words corporate letter in it. And one of you guys, I'm guessing it was Frank, got a hold of the document. Yes, I typed a little something in. I, I typed a little little <laughs> okay. something in it, too. Well, I'm still on the lookout for but that. It, so. But it did start off correctly. Yeah. Yeah. About, uh, um, uh, dear corporate company, mm-hmm. how are you? I am fine. That must have been you that added that. Okay, Maybe. that was I, I didn't. Well, see, <laughs> it, why didn't you put? It might have been me. Why didn't you add different colors? So I tried. No, I tried, and I you couldn't didn't try it with a regular laptop. Did you? You uh, tried it with your phone. Didn't that's you? Uh, didn't you? it was either my phone or my tab. Yeah. yeah, use a computer like the rest of us. Um, you know what? Computers are stupid, and we don't need them. You have to I be don't smarter than them. I don't need my digital overlord on my lap all the time. I'm still okay? on the lookout that's, for this case. That's what a tab is for. I'm still on the lookout for the case. Speaking of tab. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm. Spoit. Um, we have we have nothing to drink, by the way. We 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 have pond <laughs> we have pond water, Frank, which okay. really no, you just made you. some fresh sun tea. Shh. Oh okay, Frank, we have some <laughs> sun tea. You weren't supposed to I would to like know. some actually I'll have some later. Unfortunately <clears throat> for you, you're trapped by a keyboard and a mic stand. Yes. Thank you yeah. for loaning the mic stand. But of course, um, you can use a oh, pop screen to, if you, know you what, want I'll to. I'll buy a mic stand this weekend. Yay! At least one of these, like one of these. Yay! I actually, uh, uh, these mic stands are, are not that bad, but the gooseneck is ridiculous. Uh, I, if it was me, I would get a, a more normal. You, uh, you can get a, a straight. Uh, Straight one with you can actually like adjust the height of it can gotcha. go anywhere from like seven eight inches to like a foot and a half or so. Okay. Yeah. Before we get in the meat so of that the might show, be tremendous. Can I just share my good news real quick? Yeah, oh. let's hear it. I'm going back to work um, at DHL, which okay. I was laid off from a few months ago. Yeah, going back to work starting um, the Wednesday after this show airs. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, <laughs> Brad. Okay. That's Thank great. you. It'll um, be four days a week, part time, okay. temporarily. Without going into too much detail, there's a <clears throat> an employee they're trying to legally terminate, mm-hmm. and they have to bum, bum, jump bum. through hoops. Yeah, 
um, they have to jump through hoops because of the fact that it's a union job. Right. Okay. This guy's basically abandoned his job for whatever reason. But what the heck does that mean? He stopped showing up. I mean, he literally just doesn't show up for work. Yeah. And he's because he's in a union, it's taking like months to actually go through the process yes. or something. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. But it's created a need to kind of pick up the slack. So <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, just, I don't know if you know these details. Does he still get paid? I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I can only assume he doesn't, but I don't right. know for a fact. But I wouldn't assume that. I mean, this I, is I, I don't want to go off onto an a anti-union rant I'll because I'm not guys, anti-union. But uh, I'll tell you guys off the air a little more. Okay. I feel comfortable talking about cool. to the people that listen. But that's, that's anyway, a tease. If you're listening to this right now, your your ears are burning. You go, what do you mean? I don't. So hey, you know what? Just call up and Brad will explain it all to you uh, off um, air. So. You want to give out I'll your uh, cell phone number, Brad? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's, go ahead. What's no. Bill's number? <laughs> Bill's number two one four something. <laughs> uh, no, this isn't Brad. But let's talk. Temporarily four yeah. days a week during the day, Wednesday through Saturday, and then eventually, when they when he's finally legally terminated, then I'll get hired on full time, and then we'll do the shift bid thing, and I'll more than likely end up back on that evening shift mm-hmm. that I had. When I got laid off. So anyway, I'm just thankful to be going back to work. Good. So how long has it? How long has that cycle been, Brad? From the from the time you were laid off the first time to here. Um, it was. Uh, Have some math. It was the beginning of February. Okay. February. Okay. Yeah. February, March, April, May, June. So um, July. five so, months. So where's the good news? That I'm going back to work. <laughs> oh, that's the good news. Yeah. Oh. 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 He's no longer a I man apologize. of leisure. The bad news is, yes, we're going to talk about Pacific Rim. <laughs> what? You didn't care for it? No, I, what in the I heck? say that just to okay, just to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought we were. Uh, some I thought we were going Man of Steel on each other again. No, um, I'd rather see Pacific Rim again than Man of Steel. Um, okay, I think I'd rather watch Sharknado again than Man of Steel. <laughs> really? And we're going to talk about Sharknado next episode. But for now, I can't wait. I've been, I've been for now Pacific begging Rim. you guys to tease the next episode for years now. Pacific Rim. Why is it just now happening? Frank? This is my idea, by the way. Not, don't, anybody, anybody out there, don't, tease, don't think that Brad is the one who came up with this We've idea. We've done this before. This is my idea. We've done it before. It's totally my idea. We've done it before. Uh-huh. Okay. So, let's talk. Um, Pacific Rim. I liked it. I had fun. I didn't expect much from it. And uh, good fight sequences. You know that uh, the the drama level and the storyline you've kind of seen a hundred <laughs> times. I mean that was that was almost like Independence Day plot. Uh, a lot of the story beats, but yeah, I had fun. It Maybe that's why it was familiar to me. Yeah, this movie felt very familiar yeah. to me. <clears throat> but uh, the robot fighting and the monsters pretty dong doggone cool. Yeah, or ding dong cool. Ding dong cool. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, the first half of the movie you could have done without. The second half of the movie was a lot of fun, nonstop good times. <clears throat> um, it just felt real familiar. You know, I was just like... You mean like an old friend? Yeah. It's like I knew... It's kind of like I knew where the story was going. Yeah. You know, because I'd seen this. I'd heard this. It's like an old friend who tells the same story every time you get together. Oh, God. Remember that time when the Earth blew up and yeah. we all escaped to this planet on a giant space arc? No. The government decided not to tell the story. Stupid people, because it might have... What? Huh? Oh. What? Okay. Anyways. Huh? 
Um, what, what, what is this all about? That's uh, from... Um, that's a Steve Martin bit. Oh. Actually, that's also a plot point from uh, um, Douglas Adams' uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, Hitchhiker's oh. Guide. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for the uh, the restaurant at the end of the universe uh, movie to come out. Um, I'm sure that's going to happen any time now. Of course, they're having to... Uh, they're having to uh, force feed uh, Ford Prefect though now. So what about I don't you, know Bill? How do you feel about Pacific Rim? Um, uh, I was. Can I, can I guess? <laughs> sure. Yeah. You were um, nonplussed. Somehow we. Oh, you saw that post um, uh, or that that response. Um, somehow uh, Brad and I saw this. Uh, we got out of the movie. Cheese uh, like. Four and a half, five hours ago, and somehow we have refrained from speaking of it until now. <laughs> For you, the listener, that says a it was, lot. It was a silent afternoon full of lots of just uncomfortable pauses. We actually uh, took a nap. Yeah, <laughs> together. We, well, we weren't spooning. Room. Don't get yeah, don't get the impression we weren't spooning or anything. Okay, no. I was in the the, the lazy boy. the lazy boy, and he was on the the yeah. couch. There was a good. There's probably kids about, are running around with spears. There was, a, a, no, there was there was, was no ten kids feet. here. Yeah, it was That's it was awesome, thing. man. Here's the thing. When we got out of the theater, I looked at Bill and said, I'm hungry. I'm going to get something to eat. I'll meet you at your house. And Bill says, all right, I'm going to hit the head. We'll see you there. And then until this very moment, we never brought up the movie. <laughs> yeah. At all. To keep it fresh, you know, for, for the listener. But I, mean, I also I mean, think, Bill, it's reflective of. <laughs> I mean, was there really a, a need this... to like, hey, wasn't that cool? And oh, well, I mean. You know I what? Saw, I guess this we may, know how the plot was going to go. This so. may be a, this may be a shocking next few minutes of the show. Then, I, I if I'm a listener, uh, I advise you, listener, if you're not sitting down, sit down. Okay. Oh, uh, what what is that? What is that? I can't. Oh no. What's that? What's what is that? Oh, I think it's my phone. Oh, okay. Sorry. Thank goodness. Um, Let's say it's not my cable. My cable is we, solid. We uh, on the way back, I called uh, Johnny M. Because he had wanted, Danny, he had want, been wanting to talk about. Yes, it. Johnny M loved it. Okay, yeah. He, he begged us to see an IMAX 3D. You know what? I about two thirds of the way through the movie, I thought to myself, "This would be pretty bad to the bone if we were seeing this IMAX 3D right now." I would, <laughs> I'll give you that too, or even just 3D. I almost regret not seeing it in 3D. Almost. You know, honestly, it wasn't. The, there was just a couple times where I thought 3D would probably be pretty cool, but I think mainly I kind of wish we'd seen it on an XD type screen. The screen was a little smaller than I'd wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, but I really do think the last half of the movie would have been pretty neat in 3D. Yeah. Um, was it shot in 3D? Do I've we got know? about a... I, I don't know, know, but so much CG in it, I'm I'm yeah. sure that, you know... I thought the CG looked really good. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, those kaiju looked... That's my new favorite word, by the way. <laughs> kaiju. Kaiju feel it? <laughs> I'm feeling it. <clears throat> this is not drug-induced either. This is real. Um... I was, I was really impressed with the CG. Uh, Ron Perlman, just go away. <laughs> oh no, just go away. No, just go away and leave me alone, please. I, you know what was kind of interesting is that uh, the guy who played the um, uh, one of the jockeys, he's also in Son of Sons of Anarchy. That yeah, Ron he's Perlman the Charlie 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 Hunnam, the yeah. the main protagonist. Yeah, yes. so that was kind of neat that they were both in this movie, but they were never in the same scene. But that was kind of interesting. Cool. I I do. I said we, Bill and I never brought it up. <clears throat> we did, I forgot, have a little discussion about the main guy. I said the main guy I'd never seen before, and it took me 
until halfway through the movie to realize that he was one of the two brothers at the beginning of the movie, the one that survived, obviously. Oh, yeah, it took, a, me, <laughs> it took me a small amount of time to catch up to that myself. He, had a, he has a very forgettable, unremarkable face. Well, he, just, he absolutely looks like kind of just an, an everyman. You know? Yeah, he looks like a lot of different people. Yeah. So it took me a while to put the, those two things yeah, together. I did not immediately realize that, that the, the dude of the brother at the beginning of the movie was the dude working the construction job you know, and it was five a, years later or whatever. It was a very long time before I realized that the guy, the father and son were actually father and son. Okay. The Australians. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which, by the way, their uh, Accent? accents were horrible because I couldn't understand half of what they said. I wasn't sure if they were American or Australian I had for a while. no trouble understanding Callum Reavy when he was here. And he's got a legitimate Australian yeah. accent. Yes. These guys, I kept going... Can we back that up? Because I want to hear what he said again. We wanted to, sure. What I thought was, before we get into what I actually thought of the movie, um, one, of the, one of the nitpicks I had, um, possibly fewer nitpicks than you think I might have. Um, <laughs> Too much plot. Was I kept listening to Idris Elba, who, who was very good in the movie, I he thought. He kept going back and forth but, between two nationalities. But it was like, will you choose an accent? Yeah. It's like half the time, I mean... He'd speak with, with basically a standard American accent. And I'm going, okay, cool. And then he'd start speaking. He started out with his natural British accent. Yeah. That was the first time you heard him was his natural British accent. And I go, cool. We'll get to hear Idris Elba's natural British accent. Um, and every time I think about it, it's like, that's an American accent. Because he'd say something in his American accent. And then someone would say something. And then his next response to them would be, you know, with the other accent, and it was just, I swear to God, he was going from English to British. I mean, it was like Kevin Costner in <laughs> Prince of Thieves. You know, I'm sure it, it had was, to do with, with the director, Del Toro. He probably, you know, English, I don't think is his first language, so he just probably, hey, that the sounds good to me. <laughs> okay, let's do another Now let's take, get okay? a calzone, huh? <laughs> I don't think he's Italian. Yeah, I don't know how okay. to do Spanish. <laughs> All right, let's get some chips and salsa. <laughs> Idris hey, Elba's. that though would be okay. <laughs> That's right. Idris... I want an enchilada. <laughs> Idris Elba's uh, accent in Prometheus, I really much enjoyed. It was like yeah. a southern yeah. United States accent. I thought it was really really well done so yeah eaters just you know pick but, one um, and, and I, the only thing i could figure is that i wonder if there were two different adr sessions or something might have been um maybe he did all his dialogue in one accent and then was asked to redo his dialogue in another I, I can't imagine they did that on purpose and how is it that they're mixing the movie and no one turned around to the producer or whatever and said um yeah his kind of two different accents here you really want me to mix this like this and I don't know. Yeah, I just. It, <laughs> I, I, I'm. I'm sure the the producer went. Don't worry, we'll cover that up with with fighting robots. Because okay, so this <laughs> this leads me into my next in, in my next uh, my next thought, which is actually just like my first thought ma mainly. But uh, wait, before you go there, let I me, was. Let me just say, speaking of ADR, there was a couple of times when their mouth was saying something totally completely different than what the audio oh, I miss was. That. You yeah. people out there in TV land would be shocked at how often that happens. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, take a look. I mean, really look at the lips moving when, when was words very, are being said. It was very blatant and a couple of times. You would be, I, didn't, I never noticed that, okay. so I guess I wasn't looking that closely. But, uh, but yeah, that stuff happens far more often than you think it does out there. And it, it oftentimes is just like a word or two or three words in a row, like a phrase um, might be replaced yeah. uh, in, in post that wasn't said on the set. Uh, I'm and, so tired of these 
Monday to Friday snakes on right. this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, they, uh, um, you had, I'm sorry, I'm being completely distracted by your phone. Will you tell these people to no, go hang on, away? Hang on. Hang on. Shh, shh. All right, go ahead. Hang on. Uh, I was my brother. I was going to answer it. Son and, of a uh, gun. Put him on the speaker. But, Kevin. Um, yeah. You, what were you saying before in? I interrupted? Where were you going with that? Uh, don't tell me you don't remember because I know you. That's remember. a great question. Uh, well, let me get back to my other point. Okay. Um, considering how the uh, the dialogue was, the, the Idris Elba's dialogue was kind of flippy floppy between accents. I thought that was a really odd omission of attention to detail. Because one of my favorite things about this movie was that there was incredible attention to detail all throughout it. I was really impressed, far more than I thought I would be, with the the world building of this movie. I mean, the 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 sets, the backgrounds, the the world that they built, the visual world they built, I thought was just stunning. I and it was and it was everything. I mean. At the beginning of the movie, as the the two brothers are putting on their suits for the first time, um, I mean, every single little detail you're seeing, you're seeing, uh, you know, paint chipped off and wear and tear and streak marks on on their armor, and you know, you can tell the the metal that the 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 Jaeger has been made out of, it's not brand new. I mean, you can see that it's weathered and has been through you know stuff, and it's just I, every time I, I paid attention to it, it was like, I mean. Honestly, I mean, I, I was more struck by the environments that they were in. I mean, it just there were times when I thought to myself, it, it almost feels like Blade Runner. The it environment a, well, is so rich it was a visually. Very, rich is a good I, word. I was it's very rich. Del, Del Toro is good at that. Yeah, at, at creating worlds yeah. and the way the world looks. Well, he now doesn't I'm, just he doesn't go make it look pretty. I mean, he wants to. He thinks about that kind well, of Well, what I'm trying to figure out is what, what has Del Toro done? He did what? Blade 2 and possibly Blade 3 Trinity. Let's see. Wasn't yeah. that Del Toro? And then he did uh, the Hellboy Hell movies. All the Hellboys. And then he did... Because uh, I thought the first IMDb. Hellboy movie was really good. I thought the second Labyrinth one was... Labyrinth or something like that? Same here, Bill. Pan's Labyrinth. Same here, Yeah, Bill. Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. Um, I'm looking but up I've right never now. seen I've never seen him build visually a world like we saw Del today. Toro was... Uh, he's Mexican, actually. Okay. Born in... Uh, Guadalajara. So he does love enchiladas. Mexico, yeah. That's good. I'm glad we figured that out. I want He's executive producing Kung Fu Panda 3, by the way. Uh, well, and of course, you know, He's Del Toro. He's executive producing the Incredible Hulk television series yes. that's coming out in 2014. Apparently. That's rumored, though. Okay. That's, uh, I, I don't see how that, I don't know. Well, maybe well of course, Del Toro to uh, was direction. going to direct the uh, the Hobbit movies um, until something. I still don't know what, what happened to that. But for some Pan's reason, Labyrinth, yeah. Blade Two, and I never saw Mimic. Mimic, oh, really? The Devil's Backbone. That's interesting. Mimic was Blade just two. A, it a, was a a very basic Kronos. monster movie. Okay, in in chronological order: Chronos, Mimic, Devil's Backbone, Blade Two, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy Two, Pacific Rim. You know, geez, um, he hasn't done anything since Hellboy Two. Nope. I mean, he must have been in negotiations he, with Peter Jackson Labyrinth. for like three years. No, he. Does, I think he's a big writer and producer too, right? He, I mean, he's produced. Yeah, yeah, he's work. he's got a, a a ton of producer credits. Yeah. Okay, he produces a lot of stuff. He was a creative consultant in on Megamind, the Will Ferrell uh, animated. Okay, movie. I'd, I'd like to say I'm impressed with that, but I can't. You know, the one thing I did like about the movie was the way they did the structure of the story at the beginning. You know, a lot of uh, a, a good. 
what you would expect is that the monster rises and then they have to build these robots. You have to go through all that and it takes up half the story. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but within the first five, 10 minutes, all that backstory is taken care of. Yeah. I appreciate oh, it was and you're right in the middle of it. I appreciated that. Me too. A lot. I mean, it was like watching the long version of Dune almost that you had like this tremendously long extended amount of exposition at the beginning. And it was probably just a, like you said, it was probably five minutes. Yeah. You know, it just, it seemed like, it seemed like 10 or 15. Um, but I did notice that they, uh, uh, but yeah, the, the way that, the way that they basically tell us all that backstory to get us up to present day, um, it was like, well, what's left now? Is it just nothing but fight scenes? Because there's really no I exposition necessary. At I this thought point. that too. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, this movie was surprising to me on, on just about every level. Um, they, I don't think there were any Oscar winning acting performances, but there was nobody that I thought, Oh, get out of here. You yeah. are ridiculous. Ron Perlman. Well, but he's, <laughs> he's Ron Perlman. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like asking George Clooney, you know, to not be George Clooney or, you know. Did you stay pick. for the credits? Yeah, I saw, I saw the That event. was Ugh. ridiculous. I, that I was just the dumbest think, thing ever. I think that Ron Perlman is that actor that uh, Del Toro just loves because I think he's in all of his movies. I mean, I think Ron Perlman and, and uh, Del Toro go go together. I think they're he's yeah, in like all chips of his and movies. salsa. Like chips and salsa. Right. Like enchiladas and carne sauce. There you go. Right. Yeah. So I'm getting hungry. I, I think <laughs> like, I think it's one of those yeah. things where it's just like, hey, he's my buddy. I'm gonna put him in a movie. Uh, Bruce Campbell. He's the uh, mm-hmm. he's the uh, Raimi's Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Okay. Sam Raimi's Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> you know, you will be in every one of my movies, no matter what. That's awesome. I wonder, does it pay much uh, to be in one scene that the? I mean, basically, you've got a Stanley length cameo in these movies i wonder what it pays him i mean clearly uh our man bruce is in uh, burn notice right now um and he was in bubba hotep uh, about 15 years ago but uh i don't know what he does for a living i mean surely he's not still cashing evil dead 2 residuals uh he's probably doing conventions and yeah uh, yeah and I'm, I'm sure he's a producer what what does that even mean i i've been in the business for over 20 years I still don't know what a, a producer does. Right, there's there's two types of producers. Yes. Okay? There's the producers like myself who actually do things. Oh, as in wow. writing and you scripting. Went there. That's so awesome. Yeah. And then oh, there are no, producers. And then there are producers who know people. <clears throat> right. And um, I mean, I've always understood that you know some producers are just money men or or ladies. Um, you know, they basically write some checks and then you I get it. I guess that's an exec stuff. producer. Maybe I have a, an executive producer credit for, uh, the, the great, uh, um, Misty Dawn, unseen Misty Dawn. Yes. In fact, uh, apparently, uh, brag, but... since we love tangents on this show, let me hit you with one and three, two, one, but listen to this. So they're going to uh, release the uh, the three Misty Dawn episodes on Vimeo. And actually what is Vimeo? For, and actually what, for someone listeners, tell me? Mm-hmm. it's like well, a YouTube, but it's without... It's a high-quality YouTube. Without, oh. without copyright restriction. Oh. I ev- eventually may have it, but I've been able to post things on Vimeo that I can't post on YouTube because of a song that's in it or something. Really? Yeah. Have okay. You, did you guys look at that clip I sent you earlier today? That was a Vimeo clip. I didn't watch it, but I went to I, the... 
I just never clicked. It uh, it didn't load on my phone. <clears throat> I don't know why, so I didn't got to get to see but it. It's just I did try. Quali- it's it's the high quality. Okay. <clears throat> so they uh, I got any uh, uh, oh, wait, Facebook what's, message. What's Misty Dawn for listeners who don't know? Oh, it's um, uh, it's a, a very silly uh, exercise. Uh, it was a no budget production, and wow. The thought that this goes back almost 10 years now uh, is uh, pretty shocking to me. But uh, no, back in 03 or 04, I got recruited um, a group of uh, actors and writers, uh, a lot of murder mystery dinner types and some theater people got together. And uh, this guy, uh, a borderline genius, um, uh, basically a cross between uh, David Mamet and uh, Charlie Day uh, named uh, Terry Yates. I, I wonder if he's going to consider that a compliment or not. Yeah, whatever, Terry, you're good for it. Um, he wrote these scripts of this show called Misty Dawn, which was kind of, a, it was spoofy, it was satire-y, uh, it was kind of Dallas, the TV show, meets Dark Shadows, the TV show. Dark Shadows, of course, being the 1960s black and white soap opera that had uh, monsters like vampires and stuff in it. Um, so Misty Dawn is basically uh, Dallas. Uh, you've got the uh, the 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 lead character is uh, the head of the Childress uh, family. Nate, what Sage? Yeah, yeah, she's in the backyard. It's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, you might but, be able to get her inside, but maybe not. She's is that a cat that kid. comes and goes? And shut the door, buddy. He's surprised to that see is, her. That is the cat that uh, she'll go for like two weeks at a time, which I know makes Brad happy. That door is wide open. It's 118 degrees outside today, and it is about to be 118 degrees inside, and my air conditioners are going to freeze I'll up. I'll go shut it. Um, yeah, of course, that door is the biggest piece of junk in the history of doors. I realize that. Um, it's, not, it's not good for the kids either because you go out the back door, <laughs> and you have, to, you have to have upper body strength because you have to lift up on the door handle and kind of use your knee. I don't care. He can come I would because he, he's just going to open it again and then not exactly. close it. He can come through the dog door. Thank you, Brad. So, anyway, Misty Dawn. Uh, a spoofy show. He, got a, bunch of, he and, got a bunch of people together. And the whole idea behind the show was that these were episodes uh, that were found in the present day um, that had been uh, shot and aired back in the 60s, like the early 60s. So we did them in black and white on video. Um, There clearly was little or no budget uh, making these, and that was uh, not only practical, but part of the the lure of the show, I guess. And I remember when we were first talking about this, uh, the the writer slash star, the producer, a couple of the the, the heavies and me uh, agreed that in a perfect world, you know, we see, you know, you see a boom shot intruding into, you know, a shot, you know, you see, you see a boom pole intruding into a camera shot and you might see a grip kind of standing off to the side and stuff that, that stuff would be placed in there on purpose to make it look like it was poorly done. You know, it was quickly, quickly shot and, and all this. And, uh, uh, the writer, I think Terry is borderline genius. And, and I think the scripts were really good. Um, and the actors for the most part, uh, were better than you would expect, could expect for an endeavor like this that basically paid nothing. Uh, it was just a bunch of people getting together, giving their time and effort just kind of for fun because we liked each other and under the thought that maybe someday, um, you know, we get discovered, we get to get 
it gets picked up. I mean, that's basically, I think, the career arc of the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia people. I think they basically did this for, you know, Affleck and Damon, not that I want to compare ourselves to them, but Affleck and Damon were, you know, they cared a lot and they didn't get anywhere until they wrote their own stinking movie and starred in it. And that movie just happened to be Goodwill Hunting. The rest is history. Um, mainly Gili is what I'm talking about there. Um, but, uh, yeah, you go from that to, uh, you know, Elysium and, uh, and the, the town. Um, so, yeah, you never know. I mean, maybe some guy from LA somehow sees this on the net or whatever and goes, this is great. I've got to have this. And uh, I was bummed because, um, right about the time this little project broke apart, um, they announced that, uh, dark shadows was, uh, was going to be made the, the movie. And it's like, now is the time right. to get this out here. Because Johnny Depp is going to restart in Dark Shadows, awful movie. Um, that wouldn't have helped our case. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so it was a it was a heck of a try. And um, I'm. But those episodes still exist. They're on Vimeo. Oh now. yeah. Uh, they're going to get added onto Vimeo. And I was uh, sent a little Facebook posting saying, "Hey, um, what in the world? <laughs> Brad is carrying a cat. If I didn't love your son as much as I do." I wouldn't have chased this damn thing down the street. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And the cat is still living. Yeah. Oh, and it's that's a Christmas the, miracle. This that's is not awesome. the right cat, Brad. Oh, yo, shoot. that's not our cat, man. <laughs> that's actually a possum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know what? They've got a dog door and the cats, mm. the cats know how to use the dog door. So, you know, what can you do about it? They're uh, they're free roaming mammals. What can you say? So anyway, uh, so I get this Facebook posting, and the Facebook posting is basically Terry writing me saying, "Hey, dude, write uh, write this this girl Rhonda who had done some PA uh, type work on the last couple eps, and uh, said she was getting ready to upload these episodes to Vimeo, and she needed to put a credit list. Yeah. <laughs> it's called a tangent. The uh, two parts, two parts to this answer. It's a tangent, and we're waiting for you. So I've been stalling. So uh, I did try to bring you back to Vimeo yeah. a couple times. So Terry did. Just, well, went. no, this this is all related. Okay. So they're getting ready to post these episodes on Vimeo, and Terry says, "Hey, write Rhonda at this email address and tell her what you want your what 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 credit you want." And I wrote back, and I I told Terry, I said, I, I wrote Rhonda, and I said, uh, um, I want Willie McGonnell Lothario. Was that wrong? And Terry chuckled, and we chuckled quietly to each other. Uh, look up, look up. Uh, Look up uh, Lothario, by the way, and um, knowing me, people, uh, you might laugh. We'll see. Um, uh, you'll laugh in, in derision. You'll laugh at me, not with me, and, and I'm okay with that. Um, so, no, but I did decide that my, uh, my title, what did I tell her? Uh, I said, um, editor, editor, sound design, post-production, executive producer. So, yeah, I got an executive producer title. That's right. Cool. That's right. In fact, I should look up on IMDb and see if I'm finally famous. So yet. I liked the, do that. the big fights. That was always fun. The monsters, the kaiju, pardon me, the kaiju were pretty cool. Kaiju. Stuff of nightmares, you know. Like the ones that had like the big eye stalks. Yeah. Those are pretty yeah. crazy. <clears throat> I mean, just, just the violence and the... Uh, I wish I had seen it in 3D. I, I did like the way... And this was a good, good choice um, when they shot it was... The way that they never, they never let the characters or the monsters, you never saw 
or you, you rarely saw a full frame shot of them. They were always off camera. Some part of their body was always off camera, so it just made them look huge. A lot of those fight scenes were just like you were like so close to it. I was like you were in a helicopter shot, and your peripheral vision could not hold it all in. I was reasonably impressed with the fact that there were rarely those moments where, okay, it's shaky cam, the shots are so tight, the cuts are so fast, it's just blurs of color and motion and explosions, and you can't really tell what's happening. That that happened occasionally, but it seemed like he would punctuate parts of a fight with shots like that. It, For the most part, it seemed like it, it was impressed with how much you could tell what was going on. Um, that the shots were... Um, you know, they were waist up. They weren't necessarily, you know, long shots, you know, full body, you know, both creatures, whatever. But I was impressed that, that they he didn't shy away from showing the creatures. It wasn't like, okay, here's a quick flash shot of his eyes. And here's a shot of its beak. And here's a shot of its tail. And then, you know, here's a well, fist you, going you into did, the... You did get those, but they weren't... Yeah, that's they, what I'm they, saying. They weren't a lot of them. Those shots, just were, those shots were sprinkled in. So it never, to me... I never thought to myself, this is ridiculous. You know, show me what the heck's going on. Stop just trying to give me a migraine with your fast cuts and your shaky cam and your nonsense. I, it, it easily could Back have been like Back in my that. day, that's we right. had shots that made sense. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, there's, there's a lot of directors out there. Movies um, are too fast. That's right. Well, um, you know, certain directors are rolling over in their graves right Where now. Where does it fit in your fun scale of fun movies, Frank? This uh, summer, we know Iron Man three is your yeah, funnest. Iron Man three was my. Funnest. I know that's not a word, but I'm using it. Funnest. Uh, it was using the Apple campaign. What was they uh, funnest? Oh, the oh, was funnest it? phone in the world, or something like. By the way, that that reminds me of something I want to talk about after um, we're done to talk about Pacific Rim. You know, it, it was pretty forgettable, but I liked the action and uh, and stuff. You know, I would put it uh, mid level forgettable. I'm not going to remember this movie for. Would you rather watch this now. movie? Again, or Lone Ranger? Hmm. You Lone saw Lone Ranger? Ranger? Yeah, okay. but I know I'm in the minority on that. Would you rather watch this movie again or Man of Steel? Hmm. Man of Steel because I could identify with the characters a little more okay. than this one. Because I just didn't... Everyone did a good job. I just kind of... You know, a couple days from now I'm going to be like, Oh, what did, I, what did I do Friday? Oh, yeah, I saw a movie. Um... Let me let me ask you about one scene in that movie. If anyone else, because I kind of didn't quite understand what was the meaning of this scene. That scene where they were fighting each other the uh, with the with the quarterstaffs. Do you yeah. remember that? I think it, it had to do with. I ahead. didn't quite get why they had to do that to see if they were good. It was matches. Okay, well, I think it was a it was a compatibility as as uh, the character Charlie Hunnam. Uh, because he's just being brought back into the fold, he doesn't. His partner, who was his brother, is obviously not around anymore. So they have to find a new partner for him because um, they established that you have to have two people to run these uh, these Jaegers because the neural interface is it puts too much strain on one person's system. You get nosebleeds in your eyes. Your eye, you, you get. You get blood eye like uh, Ripley and Alien Three, and and you know that kind of thing. So they're trying to find his his uh, his sidekick, I guess. Or it's not sidekick; it's 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 pilot and co-pilot. You know, it's not his drift partner. Yeah, but I just didn't quite understand how that how 
you know, how by fighting someone can you tell that we're a match? Well, it, I didn't get that either. It really. it was just mainly an action sequence when he was fighting like the first three or four guys, but when uh, uh, they end up talking Idris Elba, the marshal, into letting him uh, letting him spar, it, it wasn't really fighting; it was sparring almost. So I think that's a, a semi important distinction to answer your question here. Um, because they weren't trying to beat the snot out of each other. They were, it was literally sparring. Um, they weren't trying to hurt each other. They were just, there was almost like they were, you know, taking the measure of each other, you know, in that, uh, that most martial arts of ways. Now we get and, that. No, I don't think, but what I, we I think this is answering is, your question is why did it have to be that way? It would seem like it would be more of a psychological thing. Like you would sit down and you go, hey, you like pizza? Well, I like pizza. Well, or, no, this is – I no. no, I don't think so because – You're racist. No, I'm racist. Oh, we'll be great together. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> you know? we have so much common ground. This is yeah. great. This is fantastic. <laughs> yes, we can hate people uh, based on the color <laughs> of their know, skin together. Yeah. Right. I would Absolutely. think that that would that's be a, 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 that's a better, great idea. Yeah. A better way to, to measure compatibility okay, other well, than the sparring. Okay. Um, uh, if you're at all serious, then let me rebut you at this <laughs> time. Um and if you're not being serious, if it's just well, a I joke, mean, I, then, then let me apologize you know, for being so serious about this. Um, well, I am serious. In that, no, it, you know, it's you, a you physi- do need to have it's some, an, some compatibility okay, mentally. It's an incredibly physical profession, basically. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is incredibly physical. And they've, you've, what you're trying to measure is how well they fight together. They have to be able to, to be compatible mentally because they – they their minds join together, and together their minds join the the machine. Basically, it's it's not a total, you know, it's not a total psychic link or anything. But the they call it the neural handshake. It is a an absolute neural interface uh, between them and the machine. So what you what you're talking about here is you've got to establish that their fighting styles or their the way they move physically is compatible with each other. The way they think, you know, okay. Uh, you're doing this. What do I think should? What should my counter move be? That kind of thing. And so I think that that yeah, it it I had to consider it for a few moments. It didn't just come. Oh well, this obviously is what's going on. I had to actually consider it for a moment or two. But yeah, I think that's what happened. And you didn't get the sense. It was again. It was just kind of. Uh, it was almost a throwaway uh, action sequence, a throwaway martial arts sequence, until. He got to uh, uh, spar with the lady because uh, uh, you had uh, this one this one lady, uh, a Japanese uh, uh, femme, and she apparently tested off the charts, but had never been allowed into a real situation. Um, and it turns out, uh, minor spoiler alert, that the marshal has was kind of a surrogate father to her. That's something they don't make clear until the second half of the movie. So I'm sorry. I, I don't think it'll ruin anything for anybody. It's fairly obvious that there's a relationship between these two. I thought at one point, well, it turned, it's going to turn out that he's her dad or something. Um, but no, it's, it's, he's basically was a surrogate father. So he doesn't want to let her do this. He tells people he has his own reasons and those reasons may be some amount of, of uh, a protective or an overprotective feeling be- between him and his kind of, faux daughter um you know i i think that scene would have worked better if they had like okay taking what you're saying it turns out and stuff it turns out that that he that the charlie hunnam and the 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 lady are both uh they are 
very compatible uh, physically. Char- uh, Charlie Hunnam, I need to I need to go on IMDb and get these character names because I'm I'm tired of of uh, talking about them by their real names. Um, but uh, so lead character is defeating these uh, these first three four guys handily. I mean, he, he's taking them out easily. It's with. Again, he's not hurting. It's it's you know it's, martial it's, it's arts the, sparring, but he's the, taking him down fast. Yeah, it's rally. The sparring. Rally, thank rally. you. Rally, yeah. So rally. What if they had taken rally. rally and another guy and had them do something where they had to work together? Like I don't know. Like in all seriousness, like, like play a jigsaw basketball. puzzle. Like play basketball, maybe play play uh, some type of sporting event where they're going because that requires well, a lot of cooperation. You're, okay, this is getting a little bit weird. Um, you're, <laughs> I mean, you're, well, you're then, talking about then that's doing that that mental, you know, just with your eyes, and I'm going to do this, so you do that. Well, I mean, if you're talking and about that's maybe working together, a two on two versus another pair of guys, yeah, then maybe that's that's, that's more. Okay. That's what I'm talking about because with the sparring thing, they're against each other. I mean, they did show a basketball hoop uh, in the yeah. The main hanger, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, this was this was a way for them to shoehorn in a little bit of just human on human martial arts action, and you know, and it was I, I think they they found uh, I, I you know I think they found a decent rationale to show us that. Um, it felt clunky to me. I just I um, it didn't bother me a bit. Uh, I, I did have to kind of arch my eyebrow and try to figure out exactly what the motivation for that scene was. But once I came up with my motivation, whether that's the official motivation of that scene or not, I don't know. Ask Guillermo. Um, but once I found my motiv- my motivation for that that scene, I thought I'm totally fine with that. And I was shocked. Um, I don't know how far we are into the uh, this episode, but you asked me uh, about five minutes in what I thought of the movie, and I was sh- I was really surprised. I mean, I was almost uh, uh, I was almost shocked at how much I liked this movie. Uh, I really went in with, and maybe that's part of it. I went in with very low expectations. Um, I I expected that this would basically be uh, Transformers, and uh, the, it was the parallel versus Godzilla. The parallel between this and the Transformers movies is obvious and undeniable. I'm not going to go down that road. There's a huge difference, though. This movie was. And this is a phrase I thought of at the end of the movie. It was dumb fun done smartly. This was a very smart movie. There was, I'm trying to, I think there may have been one part of the movie where I went, give me a break. Maybe one time. Otherwise, I thought every event was logical. The dialogue was never hackneyed. I don't remember one time ever rolling my eyes going, oh my God. Oh, you got it. You didn't just say that. Well, you got to be kidding me. I would say it was uninspired uh, for the most part. I don't think it ever, like, I, there was never a line. I mean, they even quoted Star Wars in that movie. I know. Yeah. I looked at Bill and, awesome. and I almost said out loud, dude, that was a Star Wars reference. But I thought, no, I'm complaining about people talking during the movie. I'm not going to be that guy. The, the, the To me, the dialogue was just, like, flat. I mean, a plot points, it was there. I'd rather Giving have. Giving you the information was there. But uh, but there was never a quotable line in there. I mean, even that speech uh, that the guy gives oh, the, about, you the, know, the, the, speech, the, end the, of the apocalypse. The speech was absolute throwaway. That oh, was canceling the apocalypse. That's yeah. probably the line that, That's the that line. you would take away. There from were everything. there were no cringeworthy moments in the movie. Um, that moment may have been as close as it got because I just thought, you know, and and you you can't blame Elba. Well, number one, the speech was really short. I mean, it was it was. Almost shocking how short the speech was, which I guess is a good thing. 
Uh, as it didn't drone on and on and on, talking about nothing in particular. Um, I mean, this wasn't, you know, Patton's speech at the beginning of Patton or anything like that. Uh, this wasn't even uh, uh, Larry Fishburne's speech in uh, Matrix Reloaded. Um, this was kind of shortened to the point, which probably suited his character well. Um, but at the point he made the speech, I thought, it's so obvious that you don't really need to rile the troops up. You know, you, you don't need to use speech to heighten our sense of duty or, or get excited about the prospect <laughs> or anything. It was like, dude, everything's laid out. I mean, this is it. Go get them. You know, is what you needed. And, uh, he did give us a little bit of a speech. It's like, okay, you know, that's fine. Um, but, uh, I just, again, I, just, I kept coming back to, to my thought that this movie was just done smartly. It, it, the production values were, were so good. And I can't tell you how many I've sat through the three transformers movies and they just about make my stomach churn. They're watchable, but they are so, they're so stupid in parts. You feel like your IQ is going down while watching these things. I never got that sense watching this movie. And I don't know. I mean, it's shocking. Didn't uh, Del Toro, I mean, there was probably other underlying motivations, but didn't Del Toro basically give, uh, give up the, the reign of the Hobbit movies because he was attached to this? I think so. I think that jives with what I remember. I, uh, yeah, the, uh, uh the yeah that for me the movie was was just kind of kind of there I, 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 it was pretty it to look at i'm, I'm not going to make yeah. you like it yeah. it was it, it wasn't offensive in any kind of <laughs> you know that, don't you kind of okay. wish maybe it was a there little were bit, like there were a number of times in this movie where i kind of i kind of clapped my hands together and went yeah I, yeah but every once in a while bill was he would you know do that or he'd go yes or no way. i had i I had a I had a really good time watching so this. What was I didn't a, so what was a time where you just like were like yes when the um, when the robot whipped his sword out yes I was like even impressed with that <laughs> I was like that thing's got a sword and it's gonna ah uh, that was pretty awesome it comes with swords <laughs> when him uh, the robot falling from the atmosphere and then doing that save <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool that part that part was just. Pretty pretty much wowed me. And, the, and again, the, the action sequences I think were really well <laughs> considered. They were they were well choreographed. They didn't go on, they didn't just go on interminably. I mean, you, you know, your beard didn't grow. You know, waiting for the the action sequences to be over. They weren't short and sweet. I just, again, I just think Del Toro. Um, it, it's still surprising to me that that this was the next movie he had to make. Um, the the trailer really led me to believe that it was going to be something a little different, um, something a, a little more grittier, and okay. you know even something that kind of kind of skewed towards like a, a rated R type of thing. I thought it was going to have that type of, of gusto to it, yeah. but it, it felt pretty safe the whole movie. I mean, well, I, and there was I, I mean, you're a father. You guys are fathers. I don't, a, That's easy enough to take a kid. I don't to, remember right? any language yeah. in it. Yeah. I, I don't remember don't any know. language in it. There may know. have been, but I don't remember any. There was certainly no, there were no mother of all bad words. Uh, you know, there were none of like the top five or anything. There might have been a GD. Sure. There might have been a GD. Oh, yeah. Well, but... the very last thing was stupid butt Ron Perlman crawling out, you know, <laughs> right. after Where's the credits. G- and he did yeah. use that, he that, use that oh so profane uh, yeah. um, 
exaltation to yes. uh, Jehovah. Um, but uh, there, there was no. Uh, um, I mean, the the lead character didn't even uh, kiss the uh, the the lady. Yeah, I noticed that. I thought and that, that was, was kind of weird. That was well. Okay, I was glad. That to was be quite honest. That <laughs> was very. That was very Japanese. That was a very Japanese moment. This this movie, it almost felt like it was being done in Japan. It is. It had a lot of. I mean, clearly. You know, this movie is is inspired by Godzilla. Well, it is a well known fact that Japanese people don't actually kiss each other. That's a good point. How they, they do they other children, stuff, I have no but they idea, don't. But, uh, they it's taboo to actually touch lip to lip in right. Japan. Okay. I don't know if you're aware of this. No, see, I was not aware of that. That is uh, that is uh, <laughs> fresh information to mm -hmm. me. So uh, I appreciate that. You know, but so no. he was trying to keep true to that God, the Gojira feel. Gojira. And, That's one uh, one of my favorite little one little I don't know bar bets is that Godzilla was not actually Godzilla is an American bastardization of the actual term that the Japanese used, which was Gojira. Gojira, which yeah. was like G O J I R R A, Gojira. Much like Santa Claus was originally. Uh, well, when Japanese people say yeah. Godzilla, it yeah. it sounds like they're saying Gojira. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Much like Santa Claus was originally in what Finnish or whatever, uh, uh, Saint Nicholas, right? Which is Saint Nicholas, but it's with their accent, so it comes across Saint Nicholas. Let's rate it, which becomes Santa Claus, and then wrap this up. It's my turn for a song. Man, God, I swear there was about a hundred more things I wanted to say about this. Oh, movie. the the main problem I had was thinking those pilots inside the the Jaegers, they mm -hmm. would have been dead. There's no way that they could have survived any of that movement oh, of being yeah. thrown or hit by a kaiju or they just would have been slapped around, around. Well, like, no, they, they weren't. Like your brain, if you it, were fighting Muhammad Ali. It it's not just, like they were riveted to the wall. I mean, they were kind of, in a way, they were kind of suspended in the middle of the head. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sorry, but you their necks would have been snapping and stuff like that, at least, with oh. whiplash. I don't know. I mean, they, they clearly used a Hans device. Oh, okay, here's one other thing I wanted to say. Um, I was having a really good time with this movie. It was, it was starting out uh, better than I thought it would be. Again, low expectations going into this movie. Not no expectations, but low expectations. I actually expected it to be kind of... Uh, are we done yet? Kind of. I had movie. I had a little higher expectations. I was okay. excited. Well, then that may explain why I liked it more than you did. But when Charlie Day showed up, dude, I Bill lost it. I <laughs> just about lost it. And I looked over, and there didn't seem to be any glimmer of recognition uh, with Brad. Um, but for me, it was like you were kidding me, he Charlie actually, from It's Always Sunny. He got well, he got a three clapper out of that. Oh he yeah. Oh yeah. And his character. Um, it was uh, the the two scientists uh, that were part of this movie were Charlie Day, and I loved his character. I loved his character. He was he was just goofy enough, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't over the top, right? And yet it, this was this was okay. This guy is the comic relief in the movie, and it worked without being maudlin or just stupid, you know. Because you know, as opposed to you know, and again, I just I you can't help but compare this movie to the Transformers movies. Which, again, watch those Transformers movies at your own risk, people. It will lower your IQ. It's like watching the stinking Disney Channel. Basically, this is how I equate it, okay? This movie, uh, the Transformers movies are the Disney Channel. This movie, Pacific Rim, was Discovery Channel, okay? 
All right. They both make things that are pretty and shiny, but you can actually, you don't feel, you don't feel like you've regressed intellectually at the end of it. I, again, I, I was really impressed with the fact that, that it didn't seem like Del Toro ever took the audience for granted. He never said, they'll take, they'll, they'll take anything, just whatever. Except you know? dialogue. That's not important. <laughs> but you know what? No, I've gone into, you know, I've gone into a hundred movies where I've walked out and I thought that dialogue was that dialogue was ridiculous. I've I've walked out of movies. I'm trying to remember. No, I'm not saying I'm year, not saying the dialogue where, where the was dialogue ridiculous. Actually, I'm saying it was uninspired. Where, where the dialogue was so uninspired, it actually I actually noticed it and it made me mad. I mean, where I actually said, "You are a bummer," because you know, again, you're you're going lowest common denominator with this stupid dialogue, and 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 this movie, the dialogue may not have been inspired. It may not have been. Mimetian or Shakespearean or whatever, but it was it was highly acceptable. I mean, there there was nothing in this movie that that was just. I wish he'd take this picture so I could <laughs> this pose. Right, right, right. Am I right? There you okay, go. Got okay. it. Okay. okay, there you go. I was holding um, that pose for a while. Sorry for those of you uh, who <laughs> didn't. I, for those of you who weren't in the room to see <laughs> us recording sorry. this episode, uh, Brad was uh, desperately trying to take a picture of. Uh, and we Frank were holding poses. Yes. Um, I was trying to make a point and hold it looks a pose. Very it's natural, like it's so it looks hard to do natural. both at the same time. Um, but the, the other, uh, the other scientist was, uh, played by, uh, Bern Gorman, who was part of the Torchwood team. He's also in the dark Knight rises. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he, he has, it's interesting that his name is Bern Gorman because he basically, his face is stretched taut like a burn victim. Yeah, he's creepy looking. It, it, he, yeah, is he was a good very, creepy guy. He is very creepy looking. And, and I'm sorry, Burn Gorman, because uh, you were born like that. You can't help it. And as far as I can tell, he's not in any way a burn victim. And um, my sympathies go out to anybody who is a burn victim. Uh, I'm not trying to make fun of you in any way. You know, when I, uh, when I saw the previews for this, the uh, Charlie Day character. Yeah. Um, I didn't for, remember. For Well, for a moment in mm -hmm. the preview, if you look at the previews, I kind of thought for a moment, is that J.J. Abrams making I a did cameo? Too. Oh, I did yeah. too. In the with trailer. Those, those yeah. glasses, I, really, I can see it. I yep. honestly thought that was J.J. Abrams. I did go, too, oh, man. he has a little scene in the movie. Yeah, he had those little, little Ray-Ban-y, yeah. dark horn rim <laughs> type glasses. Yes. Um, it never occurred to me. But, you know, I've, I think I've watched all the previews for, for Pac-Rim. I'm going to start calling it Pac-Rim. Because, nice. Because Pacific Rim and I are buddies now. Um but I don't ever remember seeing uh, the great Charlie Day, um, and, and and I was so happy that that they managed to find a uh, role for him. And and he did such a he he wasn't just the comic relief; he actually had a purpose in this movie. You know, it, it was just it was it was cool and it worked. And uh, uh, I just I didn't think there was ever a moment in the movie that was just you know Del Toro, you're you know you're 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 wasting my time, you're wasting my money. I never thought that and. And I think of nothing else that that amount of relative surprise, the fact that that you know this movie never felt like it was wasting my time. Um, I just, I, I guess, I I keep I kept giving it you know brownie points or extra credit for that to the point where I I really uh, I really walked out of that movie thinking that was fun. I, I would watch that again in a heartbeat. So I'd give it probably a high two point seven five, I guess, because if five's the highest. Because I want to say kind of middle, but I liked it. The fight scenes were good, so I'd give it like a two point seven five. I give it a three. Masters. I give it a three. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna. Wow. I'm yeah. I'm I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm not gonna start parsing like I give it a uh, four point uh, one seven or anything. But uh, um, 
But no, I'll give that sucker. Um, considering what it was, I'm not going to give it a 4.5, but I will give it a 4. Okay. I think it it met it met every expectation Bill, uh, that I had to, set for it. You don't have to explain why yeah, you, you gave it a 4. You have to justify it. That's, I also, we're all I, friends here. I also <laughs> hope. I, one other thought that kept occurring to me through the movie is please don't let this be a bomb because this is not a waste of time. I, mean, I think it's, there's it's already a, a sequel it's a popcorn already popcorn movie. Well, I, I, but the sequel could always be canceled if this movie ends up going Lone Ranger on us. You know, this, this, and I, I don't know what the budget of this movie was. Was this a like 280, I think? Was this a $200 million dollar type movie? Looking for. If Let you look see. on IMDb, I, I think it's 180. You know, okay, so it's going to need to make like half a bill to really make money for the company. I mean, that this movie was, you you can just tell by watching it, it's meant for worldwide distribution. Yeah, just like the Transformer movies, little dialogue, yeah. simple plot line, lots of action. This, it's going to do fine. Cool. And again, this movie is this movie. If this movie is a soaring eagle, then the Transformers movies are the turd that the eagle leaves in its nest before it uh, before it goes and flies. It says estimated one hundred eighty million. Yeah, that sounds okay. Sounds about right. And it, they used every penny of that every penny of that money. How I think they used well. That this was only one hundred eighty mil. Yeah, and the and Lone, Lone Ranger, Ranger was two fifty. I know that is amazing. Well, because I think uh, I think. Char, um, Tonto, um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp probably was about fifty mil of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they probably had a bigger cast. I mean, this was a lot of CG, a lot of extras in it. You know, essentially, it, it's yeah. uh, in, in a lot of ways. Well, that's true. From, they, from a production side, it's not as, it's not as there. Were, there were no actors in this movie that that you know got got points on the back end. You know, there there are no act. You know, there's no Jack Nicholson or Johnny Depp or anything in this movie. Though Tom that, that Cruise suck. was supposed to play was supposed to be in this movie. Oh, you're kidding me. No. Okay. Thank. Maybe he was too busy doing Oblivion. Also, a better movie than I expected. Uh, another movie I'd like to see again. Um, this uh, this movie was not a waste of time. Um, I'm glad they made this movie, even though I went into it thinking. I Brad literally said, you know, we want to go see the movie tomorrow. Was, I basically thought to myself. You know, for the show, I'll see it. Okay, fine. I didn't really have any plans to see it in the theaters, and then I'm so glad uh, that I got dragged to it because uh, I'm happy. It made me so happy. Uh, um, unlike, you know, we we're, were talking last week um, about emotional resonance, you know, emotional resonance, excuse me, in movies, and uh, how sometimes we had a, a small Facebook uh, discussion about this uh, with a couple of listeners. Um, how I just I find it interesting and odd that. A movie is just some kind of metaphysical, unexplainable level that a movie connects with an individual, you know, differently. I guess, it, you know, it's past experiences summing up to be blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know, Lone Ranger, again, was incredibly well done, just like this movie. Um, but there was very little emotional impact with the Lone Ranger um, there was far less emotional impact with the Star Trek uh, Into Darkness than I was hoping for slash expected. Um, whereas this movie, um, there was a tremendous amount of emotional resonance with me, and that emotion was uh, was fun. You know, thank goodness. I I've been waiting. 
um, pretty much all year now for a movie that was fun. And the, and the movie wasn't fun at every turn. I mean, the situation was pretty dire for, uh, for the Earthlings at one point. The nice, another nice thing about this movie, too, that I'm glad I'm getting off my chest before the episode ends, is that while there was a lot of heaviness and seriousness in the movie, it never, it never uh, verged, uh, fell off a cliff into just pathos. You know, you, you never had scenes where the characters were crying and, and you know, you know, I, I can't believe the world's ending. And, you know, you, you never got like this stupid scene in Into Darkness. You never got that junk where they're trying to let me. OK, let me yank tears out of the audience here. You know, the, the stupid scene with the, you know, the, the guy, uh, uh, the guy who kisses his kid goes to work and blows himself up. Yeah. You know, you never had something like that that was just cloying just just it's just let me just let me do anything i can to tug at heartstrings here it's like i just oh I well just, if there was anything it makes about me this, matter the more i think about it there's anything about this movie it was hopeful yeah in the fact that i like that you know the whole world was able to put aside their differences and yeah. create all these jaegers and i do wonder uh you said that uh, a sequel has been announced or proposed or 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 announced or something yeah i think uh someone told me that the uh that there is a sequel being made. You know That's what? Cool. That last um, Jaeger that went to the breach. Yeah, that was a walking Jaeger bomb. <laughs> oh! 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 Right. Oh! Oh! That's my dad from Gumball impression. It's my turn to close out the show. Okay. Now, before we do that, yes. uh, hey, corporate letter. If people help, want to participate, something. Yeah. Send an email to halfhourwasted at That's gmail dot okay. com. You just take a second. With Corporate letter in the subject. Save some more skin for this cat over here. Never do that again. This is so awesome. That was my favorite line in <laughs> The Lone Ranger. Yeah. At the very, very end, he goes, Kyle Silver, and Tonto goes, never, do never that. do that again. <laughs> that was the best line yeah. in there. So, Guillermo, thank you for making this movie. Halfhourwasted at gmail.com if you want to help us with the corporate letter. Do we need to read what, what bits of the corporate letter we've got? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's nothing really yet. <laughs> so? I mean, that's why we need the listeners to help us with it. What? I don't want to read it. What? Okay, so my song Where's... is by a group that I've, we've mentioned before. If Where's... you know them, uh, you may appreciate this song. It's by a band called Kirby Crackle. They have a new album out. They are a self-proclaimed oh. nerd rock band who sings songs about comic books, video games, pop culture, and the awesomeness that connects us all. Uh, Joe Quesada himself says, I was floored not just with the subject matter, but how great the songs are in all seriousness. You have to check these guys out. They're known for their um, your, Green Lantern song, Ring Capacity. You're taking something Joe Quesada says hey, and running with it. Yeah, Joe's, I just want to make sure I'm getting this straight here. Joe Quesada's not a horrible guy. He's just... It's not what you said 10 years ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, and um, you're still right. 
You may have heard their song Ring Capacity about uh, Green Lantern. You want me to tell you what Joe Kassad did to my childhood? No. Nope. Huh? huh? Very good song about Green Lantern. Um, I've had the pleasure of seeing the, the guy sing and play some of these songs live. It was just him and a guitar, but it was still fun at okay. the CGS Super Show. Good. Uh, they do songs about specific things like Nintendo and Marvel Comics and DC Comics. Um, they have a Spider-Man song. They got a Wolverine song. They got a song about Uatu the Watcher. Um, they have a song called Dusty Cartridges and Long Boxes. They have one all about the Great Avengers, Great Lakes Avengers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's about this guy who wants to be a superhero and he wants to join all these groups, but you know the Avengers won't have him. The Fantastic Four won't have him. Yes. The Justice League won't have him. The Great Lakes Avengers keep sending him an invitation to come join, and he keeps turning it down because he wants to join another group. But he eventually joins them. Anyway, uh, they have a new album out called Sounds Like You. You can go to KirbyCrackleMusic.com to get uh, more information about them. They have really, really good stuff. And this new song that they have is called Grandma's House, and it's not a geek cookies in your mouth. Don't spoil it. Sorry. It's not a geek related song, but it's just so good of a song that I have to play it. So Yes. It's called Grandma's House by Kirby Crackle. Do we have any kind of boilerplate or anything? Uh listen to a half hour wasted every Monday. Awesome. <laughs> Play the song. Okay. I mean that's when we get around to it. Grandma's House by Kirby Crackle. Party time at ladies tonight, and by party time I mean stories from 1939. She makes jam in the AM, she makes ham in a cataract ray bands. She know me ever since I used to use crayons. My mama is a baby that she made. It's party time at my ladies tonight, and by party time I mean go to bed at eight o'clock at night. She got moves like what what? She can't hear, so she always says what what? When I was little, she would spank me on my butt and wash my mouth with soap. At 89, yeah, she still has it. Buy her begonias and she'll plant it. Whoa oh, whoa oh. Hats in the house, yeah, she can't stand it. She's like my matriarchal habit. I'm going to. Party time, and I'm feeling alright. And if I'm not, she got the tea to make my stomach feel alright. You know, she's always wearing sweaters, and nothing bother her, nothing gonna sweat her. And no girl in the world knows me better. My daddy is a baby that she made. It's party time, and all the neighbors know it. Get it on the dance floor, she'll show you how to bake it. So just add a pinch of this. Just add a pinch of that And then when the oven beats 350 on the rack You know I buy her made it flowers Drive her to all the baby showers Uh-oh, uh-oh You know the day the war had ended Is the day they found she joined it 
If you got a grammar, let me hear you say yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you got an animal, let me hear you say yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you got a lawyer, let me hear you say yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you got a meme, let me hear you say stop. Honey, you're weird, but I love you. I love you too. I'm going to Grandma's house, and we're going to have a good time with cookies in our mouth. 